Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to the Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and I'm the host of the show. And today we are here with Doug from 8Z. Um, Doug has Travis with him as well. Travis is his son, uh, you know, with everybody working from home in today's world. We're, we're seeing more and more of that. So anyway, grateful to have you on the show today, uh, Doug, and really looking forward to learning more about what you guys have done at 8Z. Um, it sounds like you, you've played pretty much every role in that business other than uh, really being an agent. Maybe you could tell us about, just give us a history what? on your business. Maybe start with how big are you guys today? I think you have about 15 offices and I don't know how many agents. And so you guys have grown a phenomenal business, but tell us about where you guys are at today and then maybe we can get some of your history. Yeah, sure. Um, hey, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so Doug Geek with 8Z Real Estate out of Colorado. Um, we, we service the front range. And for those of you not familiar with Colorado, that's basically Fort Collins to Colorado Springs, the I-25 corridor um, is another way to talk about it. But yeah, um, <laughs> we're an independent. We've been around for 10 years. Um, and uh, uh, in those 10 years, uh, we've expanded to 150 agents. Uh, last year, we finished with 2,665 transactions and uh, $1.27 um, in volume. Um, so we've grown slow and steady. Um, over the years and uh we're pretty, pretty proud of our business um i still like to think of us as a small and nimble startup but uh, i think other people would um would argue that opinion uh, out there so um so that is that's a z today uh 150 agents um all all doing pretty pretty solid production um we averaged about 22 uh, 22.08 to be exact uh transactions per agent uh in 2019 and um and a little over 10 million in volume 10.7 um so really proud of that and and looking to make that better as we go along here yeah that's that's awesome so i know when you got into this business you guys got in i bought a home inspection company in 2008 i bought the home inspection company housemaster back then and uh as the franchisor and i remember the struggles we were trying to figure out okay, how are we going to replace this revenue with some other source of revenue? So you guys were jumping into the real estate business the exact same time, horrible time to get into real estate. How did you guys, how did you guys go from nothing to, I mean, how did you even survive? Because most people were going out of business while you were coming into business. Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a really interesting story. I mean, I was on the ground level, right? And um, I hired in April of 2008 and in, um, uh, I think late May, uh, I was looking at the prospect of getting laid off because we didn't know exactly what um, this this housing crash was gonna was gonna bring. Um, luckily, um, I was retained uh, purely on chance. Uh, another employee decided to switch industries, um, so I got kept on. And we really just buckled down 
and focused on what we were really good at. And at the time, um, which still rings true today, but it was lead conversion. Um, we had a really successful uh, website uh, on in Colorado. At the, it was called cohomefinder.com. If you if you go there now, it just takes you to our current website. But um, the best way to explain it is it was the Zillow um, of Colorado before Zillow existed. Um, and my CEO came from that. He came. Um, he was a founder at Zip during the dot com days, and Zip was one of the first um, uh, uh, companies out there to put uh, listings on the on the um, on the internet. So first IDX sites, and obviously that's commonplace now. Um, but it was really buckling down and doing a lot more with less, right? So less agents, um, less money, but more production, and and it really became just being really good at um, getting information to the consumer. Um, and at the time that became foreclosure information and short sale information and talking them through all that stuff. Um, and we were able to do a lot of transactions and be nimble, um, throughout that, uh, that time until the market obviously turned, it was pretty short lived in Colorado. We weren't, it wasn't as devastating here as it was in other places. Um, I think we saw three years of negative appreciation and overall as a state, of course, there were pockets that, that got hit a little bit harder, um, but overall as a state, we lost maybe 8% um, home appreciation over three years. Um, but, uh, you know, we didn't know what was, that was going to look like and um, it killed a lot of businesses, but we were able to just buckle down, focus on what we were good at and came out of it when the rebound came, um, came out of it a lot stronger and took off. So, um, that's what that looked like then, um, you know, why my CEO decided to start a brokerage in the biggest economic downturn in history is, uh, is an interesting question. Um, but it, but it worked and it, and it made us battle tested and, and scrappy, um, to face times like we're facing now. Okay. So let's jump into now. So are you selling homes today? Does real estate, yeah. is, is real, are homes still selling? Homes are still selling, believe it or not. And um, of course there's been a downtick. Uh, so we finished, thanks to Sisu, I know these numbers like the back of my hand. Uh, we finished March at 214 um, transactions. Uh, we're projected to do 187 in April. Um, and you know, we count those contract under contracts um, and closings on a daily basis over communicating that to our entire brokerage now, um, which is a lot more people to communicate with than it was back in 2008. Um, but yeah, houses are closing. And, you know, we've been watching these statistics um, from our three main MLSs come on daily and, um, and listings are still getting listed, albeit at a lower rate. Um, and what's really surprising is how many of them are going under contract. It's almost equal. So we're in a very tight inventory market and that remains true, even with the pandemic going on. Um, so, you know, it's still happening. What, what's interesting is you got to pivot a little bit to your normal day to day on how you get across the finish line. Um, so that's, you know, been my primary focus for the last three weeks um, and something that everybody can do. These aren't, you know, things that are, are not doable um, no matter where you're at. So you guys, obviously, thinking outside of the box, you guys are constantly innovating, figuring out how you can be the leader. For someone who might be struggling today, what are those things? Let's jump into some details behind what are those things that someone should be doing today versus what they were doing a month ago? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would start with turn off your TV and turn off the news and stick to the facts. Look at what's really happening in your market based on data. Um, uh, you know, Steve Harney with Keeping Current Matters, a uh, really bright guy that is, um, I, he might be 100% at predicting um, what's happening in the market. So he's a good one to follow. Um, but that was some sound advice that he gave. So first of all, don't get hung up in um, the doom and gloom. They're trying to sell more newspapers, make you watch watch their TV more, their station more. So stay away from that. And then over communicate and get really close to your client. Um, look, it might. The reality is, is, smart people probably will pause right now because we don't know what's going to happen. But traditionally, you know, we like to look back at other time scenarios in history that this, you know, gets close to. The best analogy is 9-11. That's the best one we found, which everything shut down and everything was quiet for, for weeks. And if you look at it historically, it was just a blip and it was a very sharp V correction, right? So that's what we're anticipating, but you better be ready for the rebound because what I think is gonna happen is we're gonna have to do six or nine months worth of real estate transactions in about three months. It's gonna be, um, crazy. And if you're not ready for that and you don't stay in front of your people, um, you're going to, you're going to lose. You're going to, you're not going to be ready. So, you know, make sure you can handle, apply for the government loans that are happening, get out there, make sure you can keep the business running, but stay really close to your people work on the business while, while you're not working in the business, prospect harder, make more phone calls, be empathetic, be humane. Because um, people are going through some crazy stuff right now, um, and if you show some value and get close to them, uh, you're going to be the first phone call they make uh, when we come out of this, and we will come out of it. Yes, we we always do, right? So when you say over communicate, I know I, I think what most people think of is over communicate with my clients, right? Reach out, talk to my SOI, keep them, let them know that I care. Let them see if I can help them in any way. You know, now's the time of contribution. But what else can you do when you say over communicate? I think, um, you know, if you look at your team or your brokerage, what's, what's the communication there right now? How, what do you need to be doing at, at the business level to keep your agents from, from doing exactly the stuff you just talked about, living in front of the TV? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, um, great question, Brian. So, uh, it's happening at that level too. We are communicating two, three, four times a day through all different channels, whether it be sending a video to every single agent and support staff that's at AZ. Um, we've, we've, we've made a dedicated COVID uh, webpage on our website that um, is updating them on how to do a virtual open house, how to do a virtual tour, how, you know, get your Zoom account set up. How, how do you do um, a real estate review with a client um, virtually, just basically trying to arm them with the tools and stay in front of them. And furthermore, every day we have an end of day email that sends out um, numbers for the day. So how many we put under contract, how many sold on that day, um, personal stories, um, you know, we're, we're hunting down from our entire uh, staff, <laughs> stories that they're sharing, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but it's, it's staying with them. I'm our, our leadership team, um, met monthly, we're meeting weekly now, and then sometimes even more than that with special one-offs, because this has been so fluid, right? Things are changing, at least they were for a while, changing on a sometimes hourly basis. Uh, are we essential? Are we not essential? 
um, yeah. you know, all these things. So, um, you know, it's, it's simple, but you can't communicate enough right now. Like if you're, if you're hesitant, if you type out an email and you're hesitant to hit the send button, hit the send button. If you're hesitant to make a phone call, don't hesitate. Like there's nothing that you, that can be out there right now that does, that can't be addressed and that shouldn't be addressed. Like if you're think if you have a good thought, you know, whether it goes deeper or whatever, stay close to those, your inner circle that is at work um, and be in really close, constant communication. Okay. So over communicate across the board. If you're an agent, over communicate with your clients, with your SOI. If you're running a business, over communicate with your team, your brokerage, whatever, your business, right? When I say team. Yeah, that, I mean, that sums it up. It seems really simple, um, but I'll tell you, it's working for us. It, you know, we're getting well, times when uh, uh, there's a sticky transaction and things that maybe you wouldn't have made that phone call to your team leader, or whoever that might be. Um, we're getting everybody involved and figure out how we can get that thing across the finish line. Um, you know, are we switching mortgage companies? Are we, you know, what, oh, that title company has shut down operations. Um, can we get them to a different title company? You know, all these things are happening because we're staying in contact with each other, even though we're all sitting at home. Great. So I, I normally don't talk about CSU on this, but I know, uh, you've brought it up a few times already. So you've, you've thrown out that you closed two four two hundred fourteen in March. 187 is what you're on pace to close in April uh, and will close unless you hurry and put a cash transaction together, right? So um, how do you stay on top of those numbers? How do you hold your team accountable? And especially in this remote environment we're in today. I mean, what's the, what's the accountability that you're doing with your team or how do you keep them engaged and motivated? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, you know, CSU is only as good as the data that goes into it. Um, so first and foremost, it was starting with um, our transaction coordinators. So part of AZ, each office has a transaction coordinator that's working remotely now. Yeah. So I've been really close to that team, making sure um, that they are, that CSU is their first priority, um, that anytime a status changes on any transaction or anytime they get updated on a new transaction, that it goes into CSU immediately. Um, so that's key one to make sure you have good data. Um, and then you can, in, you know, we're fairly new to CSU. Um, we turned it on as a, as a brokerage in January. So we're just getting started. We've always measured numbers, but now we're, we're measuring and seeing stuff like we never seeing our business holistically and then being able to dive into the weeds on stuff like never before. So, um, excuse me, I got a button Travis's Spider-Man outfit real quick, everybody. <laughs> no problem. Go ahead. Um, so really, it's just uh, keeping those things in line, but knowing what CSU can show you that maybe you weren't focused on ever before, right? So may maybe um, share with us, you know, you're talking about jumping in the weeds, being able to see things like never before. Maybe you could give an example of what, what what's some big aha that you guys have had. Right. Um, you know, uh, so we have a sister company called Zavi that deals with iBuyers. And one metric that they've really been trying to measure really hard is listings. And what I found out is a lot of brokerages don't really know how many listings or how many listings are in the pipeline. Well, with CSU, because of when we, we can manipulate when we want to enter data, I know exactly how many listings we have and how many are under contract and how many are set to close. 
Um, so that's one example. Under contracts, like being able to look out the front mirror um, and see exactly what's going to happen in the business. We had we had estimated metrics on this before. Now we have real. I, hey, I, like like you just said, Brian, we're probably going to close 187 in in April, and that's because I know exactly what's happening thanks to Sisu. These are things that I didn't have um, before uh, we we partnered with you guys. And getting in, and you guys can go deep. I mean, unfortunately, we're we're big, so we move slower than I think a lot of your clients do. Um, but if you're smart and you and you hook Sisu to your CRM, you know we use Boomtown, and Sisu hooks right to Boomtown. I know Sisu has the ability to hook to pretty much any CRM to where you can feed real time actions into the system. Um, that's phase two for me, um, but I know there's a lot of Sisu users out there that do it now. And they can know how many dials are happening on a daily basis. You know, these are the things that are going to dictate um, how what what your people are doing. Um, and then the beauty of it is you can gamify it and make challenges <laughs> and, and really uh, get those people moving in the right direction um, and make it fun. Right? Have you guys done that? Um, we, we just started. I created about eight challenges for um, two specific teams yesterday. Um, and, and they're already off and running and they're fired up about it. And, you know, um, the challenges were around handwritten notes, phone conversations. We put zoom meetings in as one of the challenges, um, which is really cool, you know? So we're adapting to what's happening in the market, um, and social media posts. Like we have all these challenges going on now that were something we never focused on before, but because of Sisu, I can do this in an hour, what would have taken me probably at best weeks and spreadsheets to figure out that would have had no visibility. Now I can just hit the challenge, you know, you go hit the challenges. Any agent can see where they're at um, at any time. So it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so you guys have how many offices now? 15 offices. Um, okay. Throughout so, the front range. Um, yeah. So we're spread out. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. So running 15 offices, I mean, that, that's a lot of data. Being able to do that, how did you, I mean, how did you do that before? I can't even imagine doing that with, this, with spreadsheets. How did you, how do you manage 15 offices and know what's going on and keep people uh, accountable? Yeah, um, you know, I, Prior to, um, well, let's see, let me, let me rewind to about April of 2019, I'd always had an in-house um, engineer. So could write code, um, was a technologist, uh, all these things in the team. Um, I was always at least one, but it, I had it as big as four throughout the history of AZ. Um, so we spent lots of time and money and hours tying things to Google, um, and and um, and building that infrastructure ourselves, which was pretty volatile, um, based on you know different uh, di different operators coming in and different developers, um, all that stuff, um, and it and it worked, but it didn't work great. And when we wanted to make changes, that would take months. Um, and you know this ha we've measured since the beginning of time, since the beginning of AZ, yeah, uh, beginning of our time, um, and that's you know sisu didn't exist in 2008 right right um but now you have 
you have these SaaS companies like C2 that you can start to focus again on what you're best at. So you don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and time and effort on making all that work, right? And most people don't. But for a pretty nominal fee, I mean, our most valuable thing is time. And there's, I, you know, I was, imagine your yeah. podcast is full of a lot of broker owners, um, Brian. I imagine that's a the pretty popular, or at least the majority yeah. of your audience. Um, their most valuable asset is time. And trying to figure all this out and, and the long nights, uh, putting all these pieces together of how do you make this spreadsheet and then how do I make it pretty so I can display it, um, you, you'll kill yourself trying to figure that out. Trust me, I've been there. Um, Sisu can do it for you and just sign up. <laughs> it's that so, easy. So, so you, got, you guys went from having up to four developers to now you you don't need that, right? I mean, you, you, I have, like you were I, actually a dev shop. We, we were very much on the edge of technology and um and real estate right we and we have been since our inception build our own website years ago so on and so forth um but we we made the conscious choice to to be a brokerage um um with tech involved and um yeah it, we were a dev shop there's no doubt about it we that was a big element and um thanks to you know you guys and a few other vendors i've been able, been able to take you know hundred thousand dollar a year employees and um and change that into uh, we're saving a lot of money and i didn't fire them they moved on and i had a choice to make do i hire somebody else or um or look for off-the-shelf solutions um and thank goodness for you know the inner circles of real estate people that i know um that pointed me towards you guys um because you guys saved me a lot of time and effort and pain and heartache <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. That's that's why we're here. Um, I I got to feel that at a at a really low level before I started Sisu, which is how Sisu got formed. As I jumped in and helped my wife with her business. So, um, you are the vice president of production. Is that correct? That's so, right. What does that actually mean? What What do it's you? A good question. Do? Nobody really knows. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of no. I'm just joking. Um, I focus specifically on operations um, and with a production mindset when I when I talk about um, how we're operating in efficiencies like I wake up my first thought is how do I make our realtors more productive today by taking whatever I can off their plate um, so they can focus on prospecting and transacting um, so so I look at the operations of the entire brokerage and decide you know is is CSU the right tool that's going to help us with coaching reports and measurables and accountability? Um, yes. Um, and there, there's a million different things. Like I look at our marketing team. Um, our agents are, are not responsible for marketing their own properties. Uh, we take care of all that stuff for them. Um, we have a, a baseline of social media. Of course, we let our agents that want to do a little extra, they certainly can, but I want them focused on what, again, what they're good at, how, you, how CSU takes a lot of stuff off our plate. Um, I'm looking to take as much off of agents' plates as I can so that they can maximize their sales time. So people to people, belly to belly, going out and actually transacting. Um, that's the only way you can push agents to be super efficient and close a lot of real estate because do this on your own. Um, it, it's tough, right? I mean, you got to focus on marketing. You got to focus on lead gen. You got to focus on 
um, measuring your business. And the reality is most people don't, um, but how can you make that better? And you have to start looking at these things and to get better. So that's what I do. Um, I'm constantly looking at our operations and, and figuring out how they get better. Which is, you guys obviously do a great job of providing value to your agents, which is how you have so many agents. You guys have obviously done an amazing job with your productivity. If you're averaging 22 plus per agent, that's, those are great numbers. What about on the recruiting side? What are you guys doing there? Um, how do you recruit agents? Yeah, it's a great question, um, Brian. And, and um, recruiting is, uh, I would see it as something that I'm not really proud of because we don't have a really structured recruiting system. Um, we recruit really organically, um, but it's because of our infrastructure and how our, our business is set up. Um, we, we don't charge our agents, you know, fees or sell them, um, products. We are, our, um, investment is completely aligned with them selling real estate. So we don't necessarily grow by agent count. We grow by agent production first. Right. Um, but because of our production and because of everything we've done organically, a lot of people come to us and say, wow, this looks like you guys provide a lot of value. Um, yeah. I'd like yeah. to hear more. Um, and, you know, it might seem silly because we're at 150, which is a pretty big number for an independent. Um, but that's been largely organic. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. It feels wrong to get super focused on, per, uh, excuse me, um, recruiting during a tough time, right? Like, I'm not looking, I hope everybody makes it through this. I'm not looking to, to snake agents from other uh, brokerages because they might be on hard times. Um, but I think the reality is, is some people are not set up to weather this storm and it's going to happen. So, you know, we're, we're doing a lot more to, to get um, our message out there, have, help people understand what an AP is and how we operate. And naturally we're, we're going to get more agents coming, but um, for, uh, uh, recruiting for us has been largely organic. It's not something that is a major driver for us. So it's really focus on the agent productivity, drive the value, and they'll come to you. Yeah, I mean, um, we're, we, we drink a lot of Jim Collins Kool-Aid. Um, my CEO uh, happened to be on um, his research team when he wrote Good to Great. Um, and uh, Jim Collins was actually his last transaction, which is a fun story to tell. Um, but, uh, his last transaction as a, as an agent, um, wow, that's, that's, but that's, cool. that's pretty, yeah, pretty nuts. Uh, I, I fell into a lucky, uh, lucky seat, but we're always trying to find not 10 agents to get on the bus, but that one agent, that one right agent to get on the bus that we know we can drive to massive production, right? That's, yeah. that's our focus. So your CEO, your founder was the founder of Zip. And he also helped write Good to Great. He was on, he was on the um, founding team at Zip. He wasn't the founder. Okay. Um, but he was on, he was on the, uh, the um, I, I, don't, I don't recall his actual title when he was at Zip, but he was on the founding team. Um, he was a research assistant. He was um, finishing up his uh, MBA at CU when Jim Collins wrote Good to Great. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a pretty impressive uh, um, rap sheet. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. That's fun. Great to surround yourself with people like that. Is there any other uh, advice that you would like to give to our audience? Um, just 
stuff they should be doing really in this in this moment in time uh you know you just mentioned a lot of people aren't set up to get through this and so what what can people be doing today other than applying for you know ppp funding right i mean do apply uh yeah. because that's cheap money and a lot of forgiveness in that and and why not right um do what you have to do to keep your business afloat um but I, you know, I think it goes back to um, do what you do best. That's what we're focusing on. Uh, you might have to pivot a little bit. Like I might have to get on a Zoom now instead of talking face to face. But do what what is your you know option right right? What is your one thing that you're amazing at? Um, keep doing it and do it often and do it do it more. Because um, if you do that, the chances are when this thing passes you're going to be set up in a great position to um to weather the storm to make it and and have a thriving business and those that don't make it you know there's going to be buyers and sellers out there that got to go somewhere because now their agent doesn't exist right um be set up be ready to take that on like set yourself up to where you're prepared to to crush it when we can all see each other in public once again right um and start there um, and be really tactful about where you're spending money, like audit your entire system. Where are you spending money? What can be cut? Where can you get lean? Um, you know, I, there's a lot of places to get lean. Um, Sisu's not one of them. Trust me. You need to know what's going on with your metrics and what's going on with your business. If you're not measuring your business, you're not really a business. Um, that, that's, that's be my number one thing to tell people, like, Make sure you know what your numbers are, how you generate business, and how you can focus on keeping that going. And then double down on it. Uh, you know, everybody, if your agents are treating this as a vacation, um, it's not going to be good when the rebound comes. But if your agents are doubling down on prospecting and getting in front of their people, um, you're gonna, it's going to be a, a fun ride um, and a wild one. Uh, get your seatbelt ready. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that. Um, just a couple other questions in wrapping up here, Doug. Uh, do you have, what's your favorite book or your favorite source of learning? For some people, they don't they don't read books, but for some people, they love books. So, what's what's been your best something you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah. Um, so, uh, probably my the my my favorite book that I most recently read uh, would be Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, that's a really, really um, great book for anybody that finds themselves in a leader, leadership position, um, making sure we're getting into the arena um, and, and, and not sitting on the sidelines. Um, so that's a good one. Um, my three kind of constants, uh, big shocker coming, but good to great and built to last by Jim Collins are, have been really impactful books. And then um, Simon Sinek, Start With Why um, are probably uh, are probably my three go-tos. Um, and then one that I really enjoyed, uh, rocket fuel. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to have, uh, um, have the idea guy and then the execution guy. Unfortunately, I'm the execution guy. So I always, I always get a little miffed at that. I, someday maybe I might be the idea guy, but, um, I think that's a, a great place to start. Um, and, and, and constantly, you know, constantly do better. Uh, five dysfunctions of a team. 
uh, Lencioni. That's a great book. Um, but just trying to find holes and give different perspectives uh, is is really what I what I like to to read. Um, I like to look at problems. I'm a fixer, right? I I like to see where the holes are at in operations or anything and see how to fix it. So that's where I usually go to when it comes to comes to educating myself. Yeah, thank you. A lot of great books um, you shared. So thank you. Um, your what's your favorite place to go when you can leave your house? What when, yeah. you, when this is all when this is all done? Where are you going? It's funny. Um, I isolate even more. I'm a huge huge outdoorsman, um, and uh, I got a place that's really dear to my heart. I could go there now if I wanted to. If I really wanted, to. if I didn't have kids during a podcast, I could go. Uh, <laughs> I could go there right now. But um, the mountains are just, there's a really special place. If you ever find yourself in Colorado? called Trapper's Lake. It's in White River National Forest. It's called, and it's the Flat Tops Wilderness. Um, you can isolate. You won't have cell phone service. Um, I was fortunate enough, you know, working at 8Z, if you're here for six years, we get a sabbatical. Um, so two months paid off to go do whatever you want. And I went on a solo backpacking trip, um, spent three weeks by myself um, in the wilderness, which was uh, pretty cool. Um, and uh, that's what I like to do. Um, and hopefully this thing gets over soon because I got a, a fishing trip planned to Alaska in September. So I'm hoping that doesn't get canceled. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Doug, thank you so much for your time. If people want to get a hold of you, if, if we have questions, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. Um, you can definitely go to our website, 8z.com. Really easy to letter domain. Go to our professionals. You can find me there. You can hit me up on my email. Uh, it's fine too. Facebook is, is great. Um, uh, I, I participate in a few real estate communities on Facebook, um, but just Doug Geek, G-I-E-C-K. Uh, my email is Doug Geek plus the, plus the company, Doug Geek at 8z.com. So uh, if you guys have any questions, um, need, need help, or just need to talk to somebody, uh, these are interesting times, right? Uh, I love seeing other faces too. So don't hesitate to reach out. Yep. And if you guys need more information on Doug, you can go to the AZ, uh, the 8Z, the website, or you can go to the CSU podcast website. We'll have Doug's information there as well. Thanks for joining everybody. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for joining us today and great getting to know you better. My pleasure, Brian. Thanks for everything you guys do at CSU. You make uh, real estate easier. Yeah, thank you. We love it. We love doing it. So thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.